This is the Relatable Podcast with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to create happy and loving marriages without making over their husbands. If you are a wife looking to transform your marriage from the inside out, you've come to the right place. Get ready to hear relatable stories, practical advice, and empowering perspectives for how to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of Relating Well. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here, founder of Relatable. Happy Tuesday, if you happen to be listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out. If not, happy day, whatever day it is for you. I'm so glad that you have joined me. I'm so glad that you have pressed play. And I am super excited about today's episode because I'm going to be talking about something that I know happens for you. And that is the should right? So how many times have you thought to yourself, my husband should, right? Even if I were to ask you right now to just brainstorm a list of things you think your husband should be doing, should be saying, should be thinking about, should be being, I'm sure the list is endless. And that is in large part because we come to marriage with a lot of expectations, with a lot of assumptions and preferences. And I don't think we always check them out. I think we come with these expectations of what should be and their hard and fast beliefs that we've never really investigated. We've never really looked at why we have that expectation or if that expectation is in the best interest of the marriage. And a lot of times we want our expectations met because of what they offer us, right? So as you scan that mental list of all of the things you want or believe your husband should be doing, on the other end of that is some direct or indirect benefit to you. And when it comes to the shoulds of a marriage, I believe that we have this sometimes unknown and secret intent or underlying force contributing to all of the shoulds we've been telling ourselves as it relates to our husbands, things he should be doing. And I think the underlying force, the undercurrent, the thing that is driving our list of shoulds is selfishness. Yeah, I said it, right? Like, you're selfish. And I'm selfish. And we're all selfish. And unfortunately, you know, I think about when we come into this world, you hear the Bible talks a lot about how, you know, we we enter this world sinful creatures, right? And I think part of that, whenever I think about sin, it's not so much the exact thing you're doing, but it's more that you're missing the mark, right? I remember when I got that 
definition, it really stood out to me because sin is really any time that you just miss the mark of who you should be and how you should show up. And so selfishness is part of that, right? Because especially in a marriage, we should be sort of dying to ourselves and becoming a new creature for the benefit of this new union. And I think when we have so many shoulds in terms of the things our husband should be doing, we don't recognize how all the things we want him to be doing are really self-serving and self-centered and selfish. And in those moments where we're going through the shoulds, what's really happening is we are seeing our needs and I include myself in this because this is something that I'm actively working on, but we see our needs and preferences as more important or more necessary than our spouses. And how I know this is true is because I did a little exercise that I just want to share with you. And it goes like this, right? I want you to think about how you would complete this sentence, right? My husband should, and then fill in the blank with what he should do, right? He should tell me that he loves me. He should, you know, make more of an effort to reach out to me. He should encourage me and support me. So we want that because we want to feel a certain way as the result. So my husband should tell me how much he loves me or give me words of affirmation so I can feel good about myself, right? When you look at that intent or the reason behind the should, it's usually because you want to feel a certain way. You want to feel validated. You want to feel important. You want to feel um, secure and safe and confident. And so he should, again, fill in that blank with your list so that you can feel a certain way. Do you see it? Like, do you see the connection now that it's like you only want him to be or say or do those things so that you can feel a certain way? You're not really thinking about him. You're thinking about yourself. The other way I know this is true is a lot of times we think our husband should do things so that we don't have to, right? This was exactly what came up for me in that my husband should help around the house more. My husband should, you know, be more active in caring for our children. My husband should get up when both kids are awake and help me. <laughs> right? And so the should for him, right? The things he should be doing are really so that I don't have to do them as much or I don't have to be stressed out about it or I don't have to carry the weight and the burden. And that's selfish, right? That's selfish because I'm placing my need for peace or relaxation or ease in caring for two small children. I'm placing my needs above his, which may be in that moment, his needs are to rest and to decompress from a busy work week. Now, if you just heard me say that and you're thinking, yeah, but what about me? I need to decompress and de-stress from my work week too. 
there we go, right? There we go that the view is always of what I need and what I'm not getting because he's not doing what I think he should be doing. The other um, example that came up for me as I was doing this exercise is the belief that like he should be a certain way so I can experience something. So like my husband should be really open and honest and want to talk to me and want to spend time for me with me so that I can experience this ideal version of marriage that I have in my mind. Again, the focus is on me and what I want and the ways that when he does these things, I think he should do the things that I get to feel, the things that I get to um, experience. And that's not really a good reason, right? One of the questions I often ask my clients as a coach is, you know, what are your reasons for that? And do you like the reasons? And so when you think about the things your husband should do, I really want you to do this exercise and just think about like, why do you want him to do them? What is the benefit that you gain when he does show up in the way that you think he should be showing up? And I've thought a lot about like why we do this, right? Like why do we do this? If it's not helpful to our marriage, if it's self-serving and self-centered and selfish, like we know intellectually it really has no place in our marriage, right? It's not the right thing to be doing if we want to have a healthy, happy, successful marriage, but we do it anyway. And I think what drives us are three specific things. One is we have a desire for comfort and ease much more so than a desire for challenge and growth. And so when we think about the shoulds that we have for our husbands, in many ways, they are designed to make our lives easier and to make us more comfortable, whether that's comfortable emotionally or comfortable in the responsibilities that we have for our home and and taking care of our families. But the things we want him to be doing are so that we can be more comfortable and we can be at ease. And... We want that, right? Like we prefer that much more to embracing challenge and figuring things out and meeting our own emotional needs and, you know, being excited to step into the responsibilities of being an adult in our lives. And I think, unfortunately, like we miss the opportunity for growth right? If everything is easy because our husbands are doing all the things we want him to be doing, then we don't get to grow because we stay in our comfort zone and we just, you know, have nothing stretching us and nothing pulling us and nothing shaping us and molding us to be the best versions of ourselves. We just get to stay exactly where we are because, He should be doing this and we'll find a way to make him do it. And so we just get to stay super comfortable. So that's the first thing. I think the second reason why we do this in terms of the shoulds is 
we have an innate preference, many of us as women, to prefer to control someone and try to make them conform to what we want them to be. We much prefer that. We much prefer to control versus accepting as they are, right? Accepting your husband as he is and just surrendering to who he is, right? We have this, I gotta have it this way. It should be this way. And because of that, it leads us to control, leads you to control, leads me to control, um, rather than just sitting back and saying, wow, like, this is what I see and I accept it. Like, I don't need to influence it. I don't need to criticize him. I don't need to judge him. I don't need to try to get him to understand my point and to do the things that I want him to do. He's a grown man, right? And I want you to think about the times when maybe you have been controlled, Or someone has attempted to control you and to guilt you, shame you, judge you into doing something that you really didn't want to do, right? It only breeds resentment. It only breeds further frustration because they're not doing it because they want to, but they're doing it because they feel like they are being manipulated or controlled by you to do it. And I think in marriage, the better place is always to come from a place of radical acceptance. I feel so strongly about this and I want to cultivate this so much within myself so that I can really laser in and coach my clients who are dealing with this. You know, I started reading a new book when I noticed this as sort of a bump in the road for myself recently. I was like, okay, Siobhan, like this is not where you're headed. This is not what you want. So what are you going to do about it? Right. And so my Uh, mode is always like when I see something within myself that is not serving me, that is not serving who I want to be, that is not serving my marriage, I go to work to address it. And so that includes prayer. That includes reading from others who have struggled with these things and creating new ways and applying that learning to my life. And that is exactly what I'm doing. So I'm excited. I know that Soon after I'm done reading this book, I'll probably do another whole podcast episode about radical acceptance. But I just want to drop that seed into your mind now. Like, what would it be like if you just radically accepted your husband just as he is? What if you did? Like, what if you eliminated all of the shoulds and just gave them up completely? I know when I think about that, and I spent a lot of time thinking about it recently, it's so much lighter. It's so much lighter. Like he just gets to be who he is and I just get to be who I am. And it's easy. (laughs) That's easy. We make it hard on ourselves by trying to control him. Just food for thought for you. Okay. And then the third reason I think we have a lot of shoulds is because It's so much easier and more comfortable for us to blame the other person rather than taking responsibility. I am a huge proponent of taking responsibility and it's not something that I think a lot of us like to do, but I love it because 
When you take full responsibility for your emotions, for your actions, for your thoughts, for your behaviors, for the results you are experiencing in your life and in your marriage, you position yourself in your greatest place of power. But when you're looking at all the reasons why it's not your fault, all the things that your husband's doing that's contributing to your unhappiness and to your frustration and to your stress, then the only solution is him. And I want to be my own solution because I'm the only person I have control over. I am the master of myself, not him. And so when you blame and you're always looking at how he's contributing to something or how he's not doing what you want him to do, the question I want to get you in the habit of asking yourself is, well, why do I need him to? How can I take full responsibility in this situation? And for sure, we're going to have an episode in the future on like radical responsibility. I remember recently I was reading um, a book called by Grant Cardone. I think it's called The 10X Rule. And it has nothing to do with, with marriage per se, but he talks about taking radical responsibility. And in the book, he gives this example of imagine you were driving, right? You're driving along your car and you come to a stop at a red light and you know, you're obeying all of the traffic laws and a car comes up and rear ends you. Like you're sitting there doing exactly what you're supposed to do and someone else comes up and rear ends you. And in the book, he talks about instead of blaming the other person, like how could they do this? Why didn't, weren't they paying attention? They should have been, you know, driving more carefully, right? All the things we <laughs> think about uh, related to our husband sometimes. He suggests that you look at how you were responsible for that situation happening. And when I first heard this, I was like, what? Are you crazy? Like, that's their fault. And then I really started to think about it. I opened myself up to this concept of radical responsibility, taking radical responsibility. And he began to outline like, well, what if you had woken up five minutes earlier? What if you had gotten out of the house a little bit sooner and not had that argument or, you know, not yelled at your kids? Or, you know, what if you had, um, you know, eaten breakfast at home instead of like trying to rush to McDonald's to get breakfast? Or what if you had let that old lady cross the street and then you would have been at another traffic light? And he just began to paint the picture of all of the different decisions you could have made that would have changed the outcome. And so that may be a far stretching example, but when it comes to your marriage, the more you can begin to look at yourself of how you are contributing, of what you are adding to the experience, the more you can see just how in control you are, right? One of the things and one of the reasons we have this list of shoulds for our husbands is because we want to control. We feel that if he does those things, then we have safety and we have security, and that is what we're seeking. That's what we're seeking in trying to create this 
man that meets all our expectations. We make it mean that like if he meets all of my criteria, then I'm good and I'm safe and he's the right person, right? We want certainty and security in our relationships. And so the the drive to should on him all of the time really comes from that need to control and to be in a place of power. But when we began to stop blaming him and really take radical responsibility, that's when we get our true power. So I want you to think about like, how can I take responsibility for not needing him to do or be anything else than the way he currently is doing what he's currently doing? Right? And so here's the thing though, right? Like as a couple, as a wife, right? God created us to be our husband's helpmate. And one of our responsibilities as wives is to love him more than anybody else in the world, right? That radical acceptance and unconditional love. We are to love him more than anybody else in the world um, loves him. And to help him live up to his full potential. Not the potential we believe he should reach, but the potential that God has sort of created for him. And so I began to ask myself as I was preparing for this, I was like, are there any moments where it is okay to have the shoulds? And the only two I could come up with is when the shoulds are in his best interest and helping him reach his full potential. But we have to be careful there because like, how do we ever know what his best interests are? How do we ever know what his full potential is? That's something only God knows, right? God is the person that created him and shaped him and molded him and gave him the qualities and the characteristics that he has. And so we can't ever really know what our husband is supposed to be like other than what God has already said in the Bible. And so the Bible should be our benchmark. The Bible should be the definition of what you know, what we are helping our husbands to become and be. But we have to do that so carefully with loving guidance, right? It's not to criticize and to judge and to yell out all these things he should be doing, but it's to love him there, to love him to his full potential by extending grace and compassion and understanding. And when you have a whole list of shoulds, it's really hard to do that. And the other way that I thought it might be okay to have a list of shoulds is when what we are suggesting just honors God, right? And even in that, though, here's the thing, even in that, God still gives us free will, right? Like we know the commandments. We know the things that we are supposed to do. And yet God still gives us free will to do them or to not do them. 
And so, yes, we may be looking at our husbands and seeing the way that his behavior or his actions or his character don't honor God. But we also have to give up control and surrender and just allow him his own free will. Like if God has given us free will, like certainly you as a wife can extend that to your husband. So I know this episode may ruffle your feathers a little bit. It ruffled mine, but I embraced it, right? I was like, yes, bring it on because I want to grow. I want to transform. I want to get this right, right? Life is too short to be stuck where you've always been. Life is too short to continue to be so selfish and to just look at what you're getting out of a situation. Life is too short to be so critical and judgmental of this husband who is a gift to you. It's almost like God has given you this gift and you're looking at it, turning your nose up saying, no, mm -mm. like he should be this. I prefer it this way. I prefer it that way, right? God has given you exactly what you need to grow, to evolve, to transform, and to stretch yourself to becoming the woman that he has called you to be. And so instead of focusing on this list of shoulds that you have for what you want of your husband, turn that attention onto yourself, right? In spite of the fact, right? In light of the fact that he's not being those things, like who should you be? Who are you being called to be if he's not meeting your needs? How are you being called to do that? How are you being called called to stretch and to grow and to change yourself? Just a little bit of food for thought. So at the end of the day, the only reason you want your husband to be a certain way, to do certain things, to say certain things is because of how it will make you feel. And is that a good reason? Does that honor you? Does that honor God? Does that honor your marriage and your family? Probably not. Probably not. So, you can change it. You can enter the place of choosing radical acceptance. Stay close to me because I'm going to be showing you how to do that. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Now, I'd love to connect with you more. Join me in my private group on Facebook, the Empowered Wives Society, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at berelatable.com. There you'll find additional resources to help you create the happy and loving marriage you desire. And of course, I can't wait to meet you right back here for the next episode. Until then, make your marriage amazing.